Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. O-G. Make some noise! How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Some people are criticizing the Giants for not drafting their future franchise quarterback. But maybe they already have him in Davis Webb, who's going to tell us what he thinks. And then, is there anybody around more of a phony than Megan Kelly? I don't think so. All right, as I mentioned, the aforementioned Davis Webb entering his second year with your New York football uh, Giants joins us right now. And uh, Davis, uh, welcome. Thanks for being part of this. No, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on. All right, well, listen, everybody, before we get into a whole bunch of other stuff, everybody has an opinion on the draft and how your New York football Giants did. So let's begin by me asking you flat out, what do you think of the Giants draft? Yeah, you know, a lot of credit goes to uh, Mr. Gettleman and, you know, all the scouts and Mr. Abrams, and um, they did a great job, I guess, evaluating the players and, you know, getting us some guys that um, and some some positions that we needed to fill, and, you know, we're excited on offense, obviously, for the number two overall pick in Saquon and, you know, Will Hernandez and even Kyle Loretta. I mean, we're really excited on offense and on defense. I know they got some some nasty guys up front that will help us uh, stop the run game and get up the passer, so... You know, we're all excited to add some new teammates, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, everybody competing and getting better as a unit so we can be the best uh, best we can be uh, this upcoming fall. Yeah, listen, we'll get to Kyle Loletta in a little bit, but I think it was the day prior to the draft I had asked you uh, if the Giants did not take a quarterback with that second pick. Loletta came in, you know, the fourth round. But if the Giants wouldn't take a quarterback in that second pick, I ask you if you would view that as a vote of confidence for yourself. And you replied quickly and emphatically, it didn't matter to you. Yeah, and it kind of still matters. It kind of still feels that way today. You know, we're excited to get the best player in the country um, in college football and Saquon Barkley and you know he's going to be a you know huge impact on our offense this year. I know Eli and I are excited to get him in there and um, run behind our great offensive line and you know get him catching the ball in uh, various passing game scenarios. But yeah, you know it doesn't really matter. You know it was out of my control, and uh, the only thing I'm worried about is being the best I can be. And I know I'm going to get a chance in this league. I believe it, and uh, with all my heart, and uh, that's what my uh, 
work ethic and preparation kicks in. So whenever that chance comes, I'll be ready. And uh, that doesn't change if we did draft somebody or if we didn't. You know, it, uh, it's all about competition again and being the best you possibly can be. I've always said, and any coach will say that in any sport, the best thing about an athlete is his willingness to compete. You know, athletes just love competition. I remember Bill Parcells telling me about Sim, Phil Sims. He used to say, Sims and Taylor, they would play in a parking lot. And what, what, his, what he meant was it's just that thought of competition and, and, you know, and having the confidence. Now, if you don't have confidence – in this game, uh, Davis, or really in any game for that matter, you can't succeed. Do you view yourself as the heir apparent to Eli? You know, the first part of your question, competition is, you know, very important to me. If you go back to my college career, you know, I had two competitors in uh, Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes who just went number one in the draft <laughs> this past year, and then Patrick Mahomes, I guess, a year uh, two years ago. So I've... Uh, I've had some uh, really good quarterbacks in my room. Obviously, I have the best one in this franchise's history right now. And, you know, we, we enjoy competing with one another in the weight room to the film room to on the field and practice. You know, we have a lot of fun with it. And um, it's uh, the competition breeds, brings the best out of people. And, um, you know, we're, we're excited uh, to add another young quarterback to the group and, um, you know, continue to get better and, you know, just, you know, ask as many questions as we can and grow as, together as a unit so we can be the best for our team. That's what we're all, all worried about. Cause quarterback's a very important position, and, um, you know, we have to be on our best each and every day, and especially on Sunday. Having said that, I'll, I'll still that was all about the competition. So uh, do you view yourself as the heir apparent, or, or like you're just saying, I'm going to do what I can do and let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, I think you answered that question. You know, I just kind of work as hard as I can and, you know, for the New York Giants and kind of help as many teammates as possible to succeed and uh, along with myself and, um, you know, and just kind of just do your job. And, you know, things, everything will happen for a reason. And, um, you know, I, I know I'm going to get a chance. I don't know when that will be, if it's tomorrow or next year or in a few years. You know, I want to be ready. So I know that chance is going to come. I'm be ready because I'm prepared and, um, I'm working extremely hard to, uh, you know, be the best I possibly can be for the New York Football Giants. Yeah, you, you know, I'm, I'm, you beat me to it. You brought up at Texas A&M, you know, uh, Mayfield. Texas Tech. Uh, we te- te- Tech. Oh, forgive yeah, that's, me, that's, forgive that's me. Personal. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> no, okay. no at, okay. at Texas Tech, you, you brought up Mayfield and Mahomes, and, and you know, then you go, you, you know, your last year you go to Cal. And for crying out loud, I mean, you put up boxcar numbers. You, you know, you, you had some college career, uh, I mean, that, that final season. And, and to me, I, I find it kind of hard to believe there are some critics of the Giants, and it is boggles my mind, that are, are uh, they're cr- criticizing the Giants' pick, at number two, Saquon Barkley, which – you know, I'm not saying it because I'm talking to you. I think, you know, criticizing that pick is ridiculous. Their attitude is they needed to pick, quote, unquote, you know, in their minds, the quarterback of the future. And I would ask you, do you view that as motivation? Because, as I said, you put up, I mean, you had a tremendous year, your senior year. I mean, granted, you didn't play last year, but you, you were sitting and, and learning. Is that motivation for you? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Um, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I've had competition just about every level from high school to college to 
um, in the NFL competing with Eli and Geno Smith a year ago each and every day. But no, it, it doesn't really bother me or motivate me anymore. I'm pretty motivated already to be the best quarterback I can be, and um, that's my biggest goal. Um, and basically, in my football career, is just to reach my full potential as a quarterback. And in order to do that, you know, I have to commit to the controllables and um, work extremely hard and prepare each and every day that you know one day you can be the quarterback for the New York Giants. So that's like. That's really the only thing that really motivates me, and it motivates me plenty. I don't really, it's not really bother me what the outer circle says. I kind of just listen to uh, Coach Shermer and Coach Shula, and um, you know my small circle um, outside the uh, New York Giants football organization. Well, 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 speaking of that small circle, because I'm I'm just looking at your stats. I mean, you you know, your last year at Cal. I mean, 37 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. You know, 4,200, almost 4,300 yards. You know that's impressive. When you, when Dave Gettleman took over uh, as GM, did you seek him out or did he seek you out? What, what I mean by that is, did you want to know right away where I stand in your guys' minds, or did you just let them, you know, come to you on that? Yeah, you know, I just went up to Mr. Gettleman, introduced myself when you know he was hired as our new general manager, and. Um, you know, Carolina Panthers had a, a sent out the quarterback coach a year ago, Ken Dorsey, and worked me out. So um, there was a little bit of uh, history there, but not much. And I kind of was introduced myself and welcome, welcome back to the New York Giants, and we're excited about his leadership. And um, it just kind of ended there. You know, I, again, it's his decision to make when it comes to the draft picks and who we bring in and who we let go. And you know, that's his job. That's his forte. That's what he's. Um, really good at so um, it wasn't anything like that I just kind of um, just kind of worry about what I can control and that's you know learn as much as I can from Eli Manning again the best correct ever play for this franchise and um, just be the best correct I can be so it wasn't really uh, you know much conversation just kind of do the best I can and let them make a decision yeah I, I you know because I was wondering if you're saying to yourself you're scratching your head well here I am uh you know, my first year of, you know, sitting, watching and learning and, you know, then, uh, you know, the wheels fell off and you got a new guy coming in. You know, was there a concern staying to yourself? Am I starting all over? I mean, do these guys know me? Or as you said, did you view that as beneficial that, you know, the quarterbacks coach from uh, the Panthers at the time had worked you out and thinking maybe that helps you a little bit? Um, No, not really. Um, I think I made a uh, good enough impression on the – the people around the uh, facility from, you know, the people, uh, the equipment staff to the training staff to the media staff. And, uh, again, a lot of scouts that got carried over um, back to, to the new regime, uh, regime sorry. And, uh, I mean, I thought I did a good, good enough job where, you know, it would kind of trickle up a little bit that, you know, I, I love this organization. I love this team. And my number one job is to help everyone in it so we can win ball games. So I wasn't really too worried about it. The only thing – um, I was worried about was just going out there and competing and having fun and uh, making sure I'm getting better every day because I have plenty on my plate to not worry about what other people are thinking or, um, you know, other people's agendas. You know, I have an agenda of my own, and that's to be the best correct I can be for this franchise and, um, you know, help people along the way so we can win games. What was it like for you? I mean, listen, you're talking about how important competition is. What was it like for you last season just sitting and watching and not playing because listen, listen. I used to see you. They put your locker next to Eli's. Uh, I used to see you in the dining room every day. I mean, it was like me and my shadow, and that's what people are supposed to do. You're supposed to, you know, learn. But 
you're not playing. What what's that like? It's easy for us to think what it's like, but what's it like for you living that existence? Well, most of it was just preparing um, as if I was going to play that Sunday. Mm-hmm. So um, I would help Eli throughout the week um, and receivers and tight ends as much as I could because I I understood that I probably wasn't going to dress out that Sunday, but what I could control was um, helping the guys that were going to go out there and play and make sure they were prepared. Um, to go out there and execute at a fast and high level. So that was kind of the way I approached it. And um, I, you know, would write down just about everything Eli has said over my uh, almost a year now in uh, East Rutherford. And um, it's, been a, it's been a good book. You know, a lot of good things have been written that he has said. And, um, you know, I'm going to continue to do that, obviously. But, yeah, again, it's just usually right now it's just preparing as much as you can if you were the quarterback and, you know, helping guys along the way. I think Eli and I developed a pretty good relationship um, throughout the year now and uh, that we can go back and forth with one another and talk ball and uh, continue to grow that way. Yeah, I I find that, you know, and we'll get to that in a second, but, you know, when all the hoopla started and, you know, is Eli going to be the quarterback? Is Eli's future here? Uh, Eli doesn't want to be a mentor. And, you know, people... I'm ashamed to say some of the people in the media jump on a word and they just latch onto it because I thought that was the most ridiculous thing uh, when people would say Eli saying he doesn't want to be a mentor. I, I think I watched Eli with you and, and I watched your interaction and uh, that's the farthest thing from the truth. He is a mentor. I, I think you know his comment was meant to be, I don't want to just sit here and uh, be a mentor. I want to be the starting quarterback quarterback and mentor would you agree with that yeah i wouldn't even i wouldn't use the word mentor um, i would just say that's how he is that's his personality that's the way he goes about his business if you're able um because i'm not going up to eli asking a uh, a dumb question i have to really think about it twice before i let it out of my mouth because i'm talking to a two-time super bowl mvp you know the, as again the best fran- the best quarterback in this franchise's history so you kind of have to think about the question you have to ask before you actually ask it um, because again, we don't have time for, uh, you know, dumb questions or, um, softball questions. You know, you need to really think it out. So, um, once I kind of got his respect of the way I prepared, um, throughout last year and kind of just gave him as much information as I could, which I thought would help him, um, which it did, um, each and every Sunday, I think we just kind of grew a bond and I was able to write, ask the right questions and, um, it, it's continued thus far. Uh, Davis Webb, uh, if anybody's just tuning in, Davis Webb joins us. Davis, what was it like? I mean, here you are, you're a rookie. You come to the Giants, all of a sudden they come off a big season, 11 wins. You go to 3-13. and 13. Your GM and coach who drafted you gets fired. Guys are getting suspended. I mean, it was, it was a very tough season. Forget on the field, but even, even off it, which led to all the, the turmoil. What uh, what was it like for you to sit back and watch that? You know, I, I mean, like where you're scratching your head saying, boy, this certainly is some kind of business. Yeah, it was kind of like a welcome to the NFL type experience. <laughs> um, it was, um, you know, a lot of lessons were learned. That's the best way to put it um, from, you know, Eli getting benched in the Oakland week and watching him, the way he handled the whole situation between Gino and myself and the way he carried himself around his teammates was probably the biggest lesson I learned a year ago is, um, you know, the biggest credit to E is, you know, he's the same each and every day. He's coming here to work and get better. And um, that's a credit to him and you know the way he goes about his business and his morals. And I'm a big fan of that. But again, you know, it was, it was disappointing to see 
um, guys let go. And um, but we were excited about the new faces. I mean, Coach Shermer has come in and you know really established his culture, and uh, it's our job to carry it out. And, uh, leading up to the season and uh, get some victories for the, the organization and our fans. What's the vibe, if you can tell us, uh, Davis, the vibe amongst, you know, the guys working out at the facility? Uh, you know, is everybody – listen, there's been some – I think it's been a tremendous draft, a, a, a tremendous draft. And, you know, if everybody's healthy, and that's always a big if because that was the Giants – I believe that was more than anything the Giants undoing last year, especially when you get three broken ankles in, in one game. But what's the vibe amongst the players with not just the draft, but some terrific uh, free agent signings? I mean, the offensive line has been rebuilt. I mean, you got to do it on the field. But I listen, I know I'm excited, but more important than me, how are the players feeling as a group? I mean, we're really pumped up, you know, just – especially Coach Sherman coming in and uh, watching the Minnesota offense have success a year ago, you know, gives you a lot of optimism and a lot of exciting plays on film that you can watch to kind of visualize yourself making um, those plays later down the road and especially on defense, bringing in Coach Betcher. And we actually had a scheme against him a year ago and, you know, he's a great defensive mind and, uh, you know, he likes to bring it and he's aggressive and, um, you know, he, he had a lot of good players in Arizona. He's a lot of good players here. So we're excited to watch him and our defense kind of connect um, and have a really good season. Um, but we're all excited. Right now, mostly the vibe is just learning a new system, uh, learning a new offense, and uh, learning a new defense and a new special teams coordinator and just kind of um, building, building as much mental capacity as we can uh, from conceptually speaking and so we could, we're able to play fast and efficient. Um, coming up in minicamp and uh, OTAs and uh, leading up to the fall. You know, what fans, I'll kind of end with this. Listen, what every fan wants to know, every Giant fan, is how fast can we get last year turned around? Now, listen, when when all was going bad at the end of last season, I I remember talking to people saying, you know, whoever's coming into this is not going to come into a bad situation because there's talent here and they're going to get good uh, good draft picks. do the players look at this? You know, players always think they can win. Realistically, what can Giant fans, do you think they can expect, you know, going into this season? You know, we're all excited. That's the number one thing. And I think it's too early to talk about that. You know, we still have to, you know, get the players we drafted in here. And, you know, kind of we're still learning as a new offense and a new defense. And we're just trying to get better right now. And, um, you know, it, it's, you can't eat an elephant all at once. You got to take, you know, one bite at a time. And that's kind of the way we're thinking right now. We're kind of worried about um, phase two right now, leading up to OTAs and then mandatory mini camp. And we're just kind of knocking it out piece by piece. But we're very excited about this offense in particular and um, the players we have brought in and the uh, potential we do have. So it's hard to say right now, but. I know Eli's spinning the ball really good. Odell looks really fast, and Sterling, Sterling Shepard looks great. So, I mean, we have a lot of players that look really good. Um, the opposite line's working hard with Coach Hunter, and um, everybody's just learning right now. And it's a lot. Of, it's really exciting to see guys uh, put in extra hours studying and uh, really come together as a unit. Let, let, let me just ask you one more question. You talk about what everybody else is learning. Is there anything, like, the most important thing for us, when I say us, me, as a member of the media and also, you know, the fans, we want to see Davis Webb, whether it's preseason, during the season, you're going to get your chance. What do you think that you need to improve on? 
Well, right now, you know, the number one thing is just, you know, having a great grasp of this offense. You know, I think I have a great foundation right now, and, um, you know, it's a credit to Coach Sharmer and Coach Shula for uh, teaching it to us and um, really uh, getting the details out of the way and really asking us, this is how we want it done, and expecting us to go out there and do it. So right now, it's just kind of learning the conceptual of each and every play and the protections and kind of getting a grasp of that. But again, I still always want to prove on footwork and have quick and efficient feet. And, um, you know, obviously I, I'm not too worried about my arm strength, but, you know, just continue to be accurate with the football and, you know, give our chance, give our guys a chance to run in space because we have a lot of playmakers, um, which is well known from Evan Ingram to, you know, Red Ellison. And we have a lot of good backs and Wayne yeah. Dolman and Jonathan Stewart. So, and now Saquon. So we, we have a, uh, a lot of play dynamic playmakers and, um, yeah, I know me and Eli are excited each and every day to go out there and um, throw seven on seven and routes on air and team settings because every time we throw the ball, there's a chance it could wind up in the end zone. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And right now, just again, just taking it day by day and just continuing to get better. I, I got to apologize because I think this is the third one more question, but I, I, I didn't mention that. Well, I said we were going to get to it, so I wanted to ask you, Kyle Loletta. I mean, to me, Giants is just doubling their bet. Making sure we, I believe they think, and I'm not basing this on any inside information. I just, I see what, you know, what they've done. I believe that they believe in you, and they didn't draft Loletta if they didn't believe he can do something. So I, I just think that they believe one of the two of you are going to be the guy for the future. Yeah, we're excited, Eli and I are, to have another young guy in the room and along with myself and just kind of learn it this way. And we're all coming in the same system. When I had to come in here as, as a rookie, Eli was on, was in year four and, you know, in algebra 20 and I was, you know, in addition. So now we're all kind of learning at the same pace and we're growing together as a unit and we're excited to get a, a new mind in there and a new arm. And uh, we're excited with to see what uh, Kyle can bring to the table and, you know, just getting better in that offense. You know, we're, we're excited to, with, to throw, to our receivers and throw it to the open guy, and that's the only thing I'm really too worried about. Um, but again, you know, to ask to answer your question on, you know, I guess I guess you're what you're trying to get to is competing and everything. Yeah. Again, the only thing I worry about is controlling what I can control when I get my reps, make the most of them, and um, just find completions. You know, keep moving, keep moving forward because if you're not moving backwards, you're going to be tough to beat. Well, I, l- listen, um, I, I know you have talent. I know you have ability. I've seen practices, but you know nobody. You don't you don't get contracts and you don't win stuff in practice. You got to do it on the field. Um, I'm sure you're going to get your opportunity one way or the other, uh, and uh, be it at preseason. We certainly don't want Eli getting hurt, but uh, we want you ready and raring to go. So, Davis Webb, thanks very much for being part of this uh, podcast. I hope to speak to you again. I mean, I'll be seeing you plenty of times during the season, but. Uh, Good luck for the new season under the new regime. I appreciate that. We're all very excited, and so should Giants fans. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Davis. Thanks again. All right. That was Davis Webb, and uh, he's a confident young man. But I'm telling you, folks, some of the nonsense that I've been hearing the last few days, and which I'm going to address now before we get into my next subject, uh, uh, you know, again, college is a different game than the pros, okay? But this kid knows all about competition. He had competition with uh, 
Baker Mayfield. He had a competition with Mahomes at, uh, you know, Texas Tech. He goes to Cal, and his, you know, his last year, 37 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 42, 4,295 yards. I mean, you know, it was impressive. Now, again, that's college. But a lot of these people, some of the things that I've been reading the last few days, they're basing everything about on what certain guys have done in college, like Sam Donald or Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen or Josh Rosen, which brings me to this. And I find it very strange, but I'm almost, you know, in particular, I'm going to mention the New York Daily News because I really believe you know, when it comes to the Giants, and this has gone on from this, you know, the terrible season that the Giants had last year. It's strictly, they look at everything as a negative or they've had it wrong on everything. From going back, Eli, I remember last year, Eli had to be traded. They were telling you where Eli should be traded to. Oh, they had him going to his old coach in uh, Jacksonville. They had him going to Tom Coughlin, Okay. Well, that didn't happen. Then, you know, we had the terrible season with the Giants. So now who are going to be the coaches? And then it was, oh, for sure, lockdown. It's going to be uh, Josh McDaniel or Matt Patricia. And no, it was Pat Shermer. So they got that wrong. And then they had to trade Odell Beckham. And where is Odell Beckham going? Well, Odell Beckham is not going anyplace. So now the Giants draft Saquon Barkley. Okay. They draft Barkley, which I think is a tremendous pick. Now, if you don't like the pick, that's fine. You know, it's an opinion. If you, if you wanted a quarterback, so be it. But you didn't get it. But uh, I'm reading something on Saturday. Uh, Manish Mehta, who happens to be, he covers the Jets. And he goes... I'm reading the first paragraph. The Jets might have solved their most annoying problem with help from the one team that wants them to fail miserably. And he's talking about the Giants. And and he's talking about how how the Giants are going to regret for the next decade their choice. Oh, okay. First of all, this business that the Giants want the Jets to fail miserably is bullshit. Flat out. Okay, the Jets are more concerned with the Giants than the Giants are concerned with the Jets. Why is that? Because it's a Giants town. It is. That's the way it is. It's a Giants town. Are there plenty of Jet fans? You betcha. And I grew up as a Jets fan. Joe Willie Namath was my guy. But it's a Giants town. So the Giants, first of all, if the Giants live in fear of what the Jets might do, then let me tell you something. They're barking up the wrong tree automatically. You you can't worry. You have to worry and believe in what you do, okay? That has to be the situation. Can't be any other way than that. I mean, really. And then I was reading something um, Mike Lupica had on Sunday. Mike was talking about how the Giants, you know, Gettleman, uh, you know, he was talking, giving an example that, well, the, the Yankees and the Mets, they worry about each other. 
And you know what? He happens to be 100% correct. They do worry about each other. But I'm telling you, the Giants do not worry about what the Jets are doing. Yeah, it sucks for the Giants if the Giants are having a lousy season and the Jets are having a winning season and vice versa. But Dave Gettleman, well, how about this? If you want to talk about the Giants, um, they're going to regret because they didn't pick Sam Donald. They're going to regret that for the next decade. Well, you remember that guy, Mark Sanchez, the Sanchez? He was a fifth overall pick. How'd that work out for the Jets long term? That worked out pretty good? I don't think so. You never know 100%. You never, ever know 100%. I remember when the Jets, and I've said this before, if you remember uh, another Penn State, Blair Thomas. Jets had the second overall pick. They picked Blair Thomas. He was a bust. A bust. But I also remember asking the late, great GM of the Giants, George Young, about that pick. And George told me that everybody, everybody, the Giants and everybody had Blair Thomas as, you know, being a bona fide star. So nothing is 100%. But here's this. If you want to talk about what the Giants might regret for the next decade, let me tell you something about let, let's look at who wins. Over the last 11 years, two teams have won the Super Bowl twice. You know which two teams are that? One is the, the New England Patriots, and one happens to be the New York Giants. Okay? So you you go to that situation and you look at it and... As far as I'm concerned, I can't worry seven years down the road. I, I can't even, I'm, I'm not even, th- I want to know what the Giants are going to do in the next two, three, four years. And it's not like because you don't think they have the franchise quarterback doesn't mean the Giants don't think that. Because believe me, if they didn't have any confidence in Davis Webb, they might have picked differently. If they didn't have any confidence. But now they're ready to go with a guy as a backup who didn't play at all last year. And they draft another another quarterback in the fourth round in Kyle Loletta. Because... They're not the sexy pick as number one picks or first round picks. Does that mean they're bad picks? I mean, that is just ass backwards thinking. And I want a GM with the balls to have his own stick to his own convictions and not deal. And and that trust me, that is something that pisses people off because you you cannot worry what the media says. And you can't really worry what the fans say. You want your fans to be happy, but if you're basing your decisions on on that, you're going to end up in a, 
trust me, it's not the penthouse. You're going to end up in the outhouse real fast. Real, real fast. I mean, somebody asked Edelman, well, I think it was during one of the um, draft night. It was the sec, maybe it was the second night. Well, the second or the first night. Anyways, somebody said, member of the media, and right away he, he cut the person off. Well, the media thinks, and he said, stop you right there. He, it, not in a rude way, because Gettleman's got a marvelous personality. He stopped the media in the tracks. He's not, he's not worried what the media says. And I'll tell you what, the minute you have a GM worried about the media, y- your team is dead. And if you have an owner who's more concerned about what the media is going to say, you're in trouble. Now, believe me, the Giants' ownership was sick to their stomachs last year over the negativity that was surrounding them. No kidding. But you cannot operate that way. Somebody wants to be critical of the pick of Saquon Barkley. God bless. You, you're going to talk about negativity? I mean, that, that just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I, I just, it just doesn't. You want to go ahead and you got you to go with what you believe in. The minute you are swayed differently, you're done. But I, I, to, for people to criticize, I mean, a Saquon Barkley pick, I, I mean, I find that I'm dumbfounded by it. You know, I, I, I mean, listen, I, I read, I told you in Sunday's paper, I think Mike Lupuka brought out a point that, uh, you know, listen, Emmett Smith was just a superstar running back. But he said, well, how many Super Bowls you think they would have won without you know, the great quarterback. Okay, that's a fair point, Troy Aikman. But how about the reverse? If you want to talk on hypotheticals, where would the where would Troy have been without having that great running back? All the pieces have to fit. All the pieces have to fit. If you ask me, Giants, you know, to steal a baseball phrase, Giants hit a grand slam home run with these uh with this draft. Grand slam home run because the guy that they got with the second pick, Will Hernandez, is an absolute beast. They got Lorenzo Carter, uh, Loletta, um, was it B.J. Neal? They got guys. They got guys who they think can help them in a hurry. Plus, with with their free agency, I'll tell you what, I'm not worried about the next decade and Dave Gettleman regretting that he didn't pick Sam Darnold, okay? Let let Eli still show his stuff for the next two, three years, and let's see what happens, be it Davis Webb or if it'll be Kyle Loretta. But I, I, I'm going to say this. Is it too early to say, well, can you say the Giants are going to be Super Bowl contenders? Yeah, that's certainly premature, but I will say this. They have enough talent to compete to get into the playoffs. And as Bill Parcells used to say, the most important thing when you're going into the season 
You don't plan on a Super Bowl. You plan on getting into the tournament. And then once you get into the tournament, anything can happen. And I believe big things can happen with the Giants in the coming season. Now, having said that, now I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to switch gears because you heard me say in the opening, is there anybody around who's a bigger phony than Megyn Kelly? And I personally do not think so. And, and I think she's gotten away, if you will, with blue murder for some of the crap that she has said and continues to say. All right? And the latest thing, which really irked me, really irked me, I'm reading this business, you all have to be familiar with the new drama over at NBC with, you know, Tom Brokaw being accused of... Um, call it harassment, uh, doing what he shouldn't do, uh, trying to kiss women. Okay, I'm not condoning any of that. But that might make him a bad husband, okay? But let's not put him, ruin the guy. I'm not condoning the behavior, but if we're going to go back 30 years and now a new one's come out 50 years ago, 50 years ago, really? I mean, it's getting a little nuts, and you know what? It's only men. And folks, if if you've looked on my website, russsalsberg.com, and you've, you've heard me speaking in different places, I am all for, I've said from the get-go, like guys, guys like Weinstein and Charlie Rose, they're pigs, they're slobs. Some of the stuff Lauer, Matt Lauer's accused of, disgraceful. And I, I've said this time and time again, men have to be part of the problem, uh, the, part of the solution to fix the problem. But that, that includes women too. Are we going to look into every woman's past from 50 years ago? Oh, what, hey, sweetheart, what'd you do on that park bench or in the back of that car 50 years ago when you were 18 or 19 or 20 years old? Now, this business of some of the staffers at NBC claiming that they were kind of bullied into signing something on behalf of uh, Brokaw, well, if that's true, that's a major screw-up. But I'm reading something from Megyn Kelly. Okay? You you don't know what you don't know. And that's not in any way to impugn Tom, who I love and who's been so good to me. Just saying, you don't know what you don't know. All right? That's Megyn Kelly. Let me tell you something. I've, I've watched Megyn at times. Because I've been curious. And, and, you know, she has jumped all over this kind of Me Too movement. And, you know, and listen, she's a woman. I get it. But this is the same woman who says you, you don't know what you don't know. Well, here's what I know. I know that Megyn Kelly, the minute Roger Ailes was out at Fox... 
She jumped on a bandwagon. Oh, yeah, he harassed me. Yeah, he harassed me. Now, I don't doubt some of the stuff that I read about Al's and, and the other shenanigans going on over at Fox. But this is what I do know. She claimed she was harassed by Roger Ailes and his sexual advances. Fine. Now, she made these claims, as I said, after Ailes was dumped. But, all right, this is the same woman saying you don't know what you don't know. But this is what I do know. A year earlier, October 2015, Ailes was dumped in 2016. It was July 2016. So uh, October 2015, Megyn Kelly sat down for a long, in-depth interview with, uh, shall we say, good time Charlie Rose. This is a quote. This is a quote from Megyn Kelly during that interview, talking about Roger Ailes. He's been a mentor. Nothing but good to me, and he's been very loyal. He's had my back. I depend on him. For sane, honest advice. This one I love. He gives me advice on personal life. He has x-ray vision into your soul. I really care about Fox and Roger, and he cares about me. So, somebody's full of shit here. Okay? Now, Megyn Kelly... It's not some intern struggling to make a buck. She she was making millions at Fox. Millions at Fox. Eight figures at Fox. Okay? So a year before this stuff, now this is the same one who's claiming about his advances, Roger L's advances. A year before, she's not just talking about it she's praising him what kind of wonderful person he is what kind of wonderful friend and mentor so either she's a liar okay either she's a complete liar or she's a hypocrite about you know people coming forward Why didn't she come forward if that was the case? Not only did she not come forward, why why keep your mouth? Why not keep your mouth shut if this is going on, as opposed to going the opposite way and praising Roger Ailes? The reason I'm bringing this stuff up because now she sticks her nose into this, and she, you know, here she is. She's got to stick her nose into a situation going on at the new place where she works. You don't know what you don't know. And that's not in any way to impugn Tom, who I love and who's been so good to me. Just saying you don't know what you don't know. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like bullshit and she's covering her ass. And I think that is absolutely terrible. I mean, I I just, listen. I've said this in the past. There has not been a movement in this country civil rights, gay movement, I don't care if it's a Jewish movement, an Italian movement, an Irish movement, any kind of movement. There hasn't been any movement in this country. 
that certain opportunists try to take advantage of a situation. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. And I do believe in this time of Me Too, there are opportunists taking advantage of situations. I do believe for every woman who was uh, really assaulted, sue whoever you need to sue. I don't care if you suck them dry. Every every dime out of their bank account. Because nobody should be treated like that. But there are opportunists who I think are phonies about it. And I think Megyn Kelly is a giant-sized phony. I didn't make up those quotes that I just read to you folks. I watched it. I made notes about it. Because I just thought when, when that stuff went on, th- there was hypocrisy going on. But then I'm reading this, and all this stuff is going on at NBC. And here she is making her $20 million or $23 million, whatever the hell it is, a year, and she's sticking her nose into this. I love Tom, but you don't know what you don't know. That is hypocrisy and phoniness to the nth degree. I'm sorry. Biggest phony, as far as I'm concerned, Megyn Kelly is the biggest phony we have in the business right now. But right now, that is a wrap here, folks. So thanks to all of you once again for getting a load of me on Get a Load of This. I like to get a load of you. So why don't you send me your thoughts at Russ Salzberg or on Facebook, and I'll... Maybe I'll read the best comment or comments of the week. Our thanks again to uh, my terrific producer, Mike Coscarelli here of the OG Podcast Network. Program director, Craig Schwab, 77 WABC. And of course, you people out there, because without you people, I'd have nobody to talk to. So that's a wrap on today. Until next week, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.